Welcome to Language Chats. This is a podcast for language lovers in Australia and beyond, where we share our enjoyment and experiences of language learning with you. I'm Penny. Hi, I'm Beck. We both live in Australia. We love learning languages and we love chatting to each other about it. We're not teachers, we're not experts, we're just learners like you and sharing our thoughts and experiences, good and bad, of learning other languages with each other and with you. So today we're going to be talking about something that I think we can probably all relate to and that's how we all learn differently. We all have different different methods of learning but also how to find that, how to find that sweet spot with learning in languages mm. and, you know, working out, I guess, what really, what really works for you. I think this, this to me is like a, you know, it's kind of a very apt topic because I think I am, well, I can be, I know, <laughs> very distracted by all the bright and shiny new things, mm. whether it's apps or books or podcasts or or the latest YouTube series. Um, and then I, I, I sometimes do have to reset and go, Penny, what is it that actually works for you? Are you just doing this because it's new and shiny or because <laughs> it's it's a really actually great tool for for my learning style? Yeah. So I think as someone who gets distracted easily, it's a good topic to talk about. <laughs> it's true though that it is. I think we have so much choice these days too and we have like lots of things are very accessible so um it's pretty easy to get distracted by the bright and shiny things (laughs) all those free trials and then you get sucked in that's right exactly (laughs) videos and podcasts and bit and all sorts of stuff yeah Yeah, i know exactly i know there is so much yeah so if if i said to you back do you have a sweet spot Mm. for learning languages let's be specific um do you and and do you know what it is and what it what it involves um it's a really interesting thing to think about (laughs) I mean I feel like I feel like it changes like I think sometimes sometimes I get really in a groove and maybe that's when I hit my like sweet spot for a particular moment in time but I think that it changes. So like sometimes mm. I sometimes I'm really into watching I don't know, watching YouTube videos and that mixed with a bunch of other stuff becomes my sweet spot. And then other times I'm like really into a TV show and that mixed with other things becomes my sweet spot. But it just it just I think it just moves around. Like, you know, other times I'm really, you know, I might be using a, a book that I find really helpful. And that's kind of my my guiding resource at the time, and again, that mixed with other things because I say it's well. I don't know. It's a re- it's a really hard thing to think about, but um, I don't know. Do you think it changes for for the goal that you've got in mind at that particular time, or perhaps is it more language specific? Because I'm trying to think in my head whether it is yeah I'm, something I'm I switch sure. and change up. For yeah, different what do you languages. what do you think? Well, I think I probably do have a different approach for if I'm thinking about Chinese um, you know some of my methods probably are a little bit more old school Mm. because it seems to work for me and that's uh, probably things like making my own flashcards which is something you know I used to do (laughs) pre 
pre-internet, yeah. <laughs> pre or not, maybe not quite pre-internet, pre, you know, pre-fun stuff anyway. Um, and yeah, I just found that a really, or find that a really good, a good way to learn. Yeah. Um, and practice characters that are new or that I need to know. And I feel like um, that's particularly like when you're talking about characters, for example, like there's something that's quite, quite visual. So it's good to have something that you can see. Um, yep. like and, and physical maybe that you can touch as well um, mm. to help you with the learning process like so it's interesting you bring up flashcards because they're something that I've used lots in the past too especially as a beginner and um, I have always really kind of liked using physical flashcards but I can't quite get myself into using digital flashcards I don't know if you've ever used any yeah. apps like that that have um flashcards in them like smart cards or um I think Anki I have. is another one that has flashcards um but yeah I just can't quite get myself into the mode of using digital flashcards but using the original yeah physical ones um has always been something I've quite liked yeah I look I've I've also had some good times good times with, <laughs> with Anki and um another app called Quizlet which yep. which were both um flashcard um apps mm-hmm. but I think for me actually the the process of creating the flashcard is half the battle in learning the character oh yeah actually so I, I feel like I'm halfway there mm-hmm. yeah um so if I skip that step and just do it digitally I feel like it's actually no no quicker it's not a quicker process mm. for me the writing down of it and then um potentially creating words or phrases from that either writing it down or speaking it out aloud it actually yeah it's um I think it's just part of my study way yeah do you think that um, more whereas the digital stuff is a bit of a a bit of a um a quick quick and dirty sure. way maybe yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you think that more generally then do you need to write things down yes yeah and I don't think I always thought that was the case. Okay. I think I need to hear things, mm-hmm. but I think I need both. I think I need to hear things and write it down or be able to read it. And that's one of the things I've been not struggling, but needing a little bit while listening to podcasts. Mm. So, for example, that Coffee Break um, Languages podcast is that I can't do it. I have to, on the run or driving or while I'm walking or anything because I need to be sitting down so that I can write yep. what I'm hearing. Um, well, like and I don't know if that's it, if that's for everyone or it's just yeah. me, but you know. Um, so I think I'm definitely a combo mm. of of listening and visual. Okay, interesting. Because I so I also I really feel like I need to write things down to hold any information. So. I can listen to podcasts, um, but only if I can already visualize in my head what the words look like. So, yeah. like podcasts for me can't be. I really, really like listening to podcasts for language learning. Let's just we'll start with that. Um, but I can't like start with the podcast without initially having done at least some sort of introduction um, to a language. So, yep. um, like, yeah, I have to be able to see in my head what the words should look like or at least a rough idea of the understanding of, say, spelling and, and sentence structure um, so that when I'm listening to a podcast, I can visualise what that what those words look like and how they 
how they appear together, if that yeah. makes sense. It's interesting, isn't it? No, yeah. I, t- I 100% agree because if a word is mentioned or spoken about, I'm like, I have no clue even how to begin to spell yeah. that. I can't, I can't go on. Yeah. I have to, <laughs> I have to find out straight away because, yeah, it's just almost like it's a big block and I can't, I can't work out what it's, it's, um, yeah, I guess how to get around that. Yeah, it's funny because I know other people who can very much really just rely on like audio or like sort of, mm. I guess, like oral learning um, and just and just listening to that and learning by hearing um, and, and who swear by it. But I guess I guess everybody's different in that way. And we all That's have these exactly different right. kind of, you know, learning styles that, um, you know, we probably all actually have a mixture of of you know, whether it's visual or um, auditory um, or, or doing. Yeah, kinesthetic, yeah, exactly. Touch, so yeah. kind of learning by doing. Um, and it's just maybe it's just a, a how, how you use that mixture of different styles to help you find your sweet spot. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and um, I don't think it's something that you can find out straight away. I think it does take a little bit of trial and error too to work out where you lie so that you know knowing that you know that I'm a bit of a combo between oral and visual Mm. um is probably something I've only really realized recently not something that has been part of my learning over the last (laughs) 20 years um (laughs) But I guess, I mean, they're pretty mainstream ways of, of learning anyway. So most kind of teaching or, or, or programs and courses would would incorporate parts of visual learning for sure. Visual, I think, is very strong. Mm. Um, and, yeah, oral, of course, would be would be up there as well. I think if, if you're a kinesthetic learner, I think that could be more of a challenge just because you need to find more creative ways, I think, to incorporate how you're learning languages mm. in a more physical, perhaps, or, or um, tactile way. When you talk about... So like, any, any kinesthetic learners out there, we'd love to know. Yeah, <laughs> love to know what, what you do. Yeah. When you talk about, like, using trial and error to work out um, what, the best, what methods work for you for language learning, have you had... Can you, like, tell me some examples of ones where you've tried things and they've been great or ones where you've tried things and maybe you were just like, that's not for me at all? I think for me, apps are, have always been something that I want to make use of and that I want to use my my downtime or my commute time effectively to learn, whether it's characters or, or new vocab or, or pronunciations. But I haven't always found that they're the best for me and I, I sure. don't know whether it comes back to this thing about not being right, you know, not writing it down. Mm. Um, there is a great Chinese app um, called Pleco. Okay. Um, and it really is a dictionary, but it comes with a handwriting tool. So oh. you obviously use the screen of your smartphone to write the character oh, with cool. your finger. And it gives you like stroke order and, and things like that as well? Yep. Um, it can do... Probably stroke order. That's a good question. Um, and it will 
it's kind of like got a predictive, okay, sure. <laughs> a predictive yeah. format as well, okay. um, and gives you all the kind of combinations that particular character might appear in, mm-hmm. and you can also use it to um, read signs or, or menus and that kind of thing too. If you've got the the extra add-on, but I've really found the handwriting tool with that app really useful and it's probably one that I have used over a period of time and maybe that answers my question (laughs) because (laughs) it has that particular add-on which seems to suit me (laughs) yeah but would you but do you think you still preference actual like handwritten handwritten like drilling basically (laughs) like if you were trying to learn characters do you think you'd learn more effectively just by like kind of copying yeah i know it's really old school isn't it but i think i think it's really me yeah just because it's like old school i guess in inverted commas just because it's old school doesn't mean that it doesn't that it's not good work yeah exactly like i mean some things stand the test of time um you know and something like drills for things like characters um I guess that's been tried and tested over you know, centuries now. But um, it's like I remember you telling me once about learning – this is sort of changing tact slightly – but um, you were telling me about learning tones and how when you learnt tones for Vietnamese, am I right? Yep. That was drilled yep. into you? Yep. Yeah. And we, we physically moved moved our arms yep. with the tones. Yeah. And that's really stuck with me, um, which is funny because, I mean – I guess it's just another aspect of of learning, isn't it? Yeah. That you're you're using your ears, you're using your body, and what a great way to reinforce how the tone should sound. Exactly. Um, and it's not at all yeah, like high and that's tech. not using any technology. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not, yeah. So, like, I mean, technology is is great and a great addition, I think, to kind of the arsenal of things that we have available to us to help with learning. Um, but it's certainly not the be all and end all. What about thinking with your language learning? I mean, mm. adding in Italian and German as a, a kind of like a you know young adult, I suppose, yeah. or recently as a non-school person. Um, <laughs> have you used similar approaches to both those languages or do you think you've adapted depending on which languages you're focusing on? Mm. Um I think for yeah, I have used similar approaches for um, for both of those actually. Um, I kind of feel like European languages I've been able to use um, roughly the same kinds of methods that I like using um, for each of them. So for for French, well, French goes back a long way, so I probably wouldn't include that in this. But yeah, for Italian and German, I think I've been able to approach them similarly. Um, mm. It's only been in learning other languages like like Japanese, where I just like had to totally find a new way, um, because I think like especially when you're dealing with uh, the sort of Roman alphabet, um, it's easier to when you hear a word that you don't know, for example, you can still kind of guess at what you think that looks like um, in your in your mind and how you think that might be spelt, for example. Um, Or you can see a word and try and make a guess at the pronunciation initially um, without necessarily like knowing what it means. (laughs) Um, Whereas I think with other other languages that use other scripts, that's a really, really, it's a more complicated thing. You might be able to try and work it out, but not necessarily straight away. Um, And 
Yeah, so like for me, I think I've been able to use a similar approach for the European ones for sure. Um, but for me, it's still always a real mixture of methods. Like I use some quite traditional methods, I think, because I still really like them. Like I do quite like to have at least a single grammar text that mm-hmm. I can refer to mm-hmm. that's, I know, again, really like old school. But, um, you know, I sort of like those really standard um explanations that give you like a real clear um grammar example and gives you a few several examples a few sorry examples afterwards that you know add in different elements and um then have some exercises that go okay try to translate these or try to make it work in your way um so I still like to really have at least one of those um I still like using things like flashcards. Um, I still like making handwritten notes even when I'm using something digital. So if it's like if I'm watching a TV show or something and maybe I'm using a tool like, I don't know, language learning with Netflix or um, or something like that and it means that I can – or even like watching a YouTube video that has the subtitles in the uh, like original language, the target language – then I still try to mostly make notes on the vocab that yeah. is new for me. Or if I like hear yeah, a good phrase really that I like, then mm. I really have to write it down. Otherwise it just won't, it just won't stay that's in my head. Yeah. Like I just, yeah. I, it's like it's yep. in one ear and out the other unless I write it down. Yep. Yeah. Yep. No, I'm with you on that. Yeah. Um, with, with Japanese, are you also learning kanji? Yeah, I'm trying to learn a little bit. <laughs> um, um yeah. That's where you might find the biggest difference, isn't it? With Oh, for sure. If you're looking at different different methods between the European languages and, and now Japanese. Yeah. Absolutely. Like I think I haven't I haven't yet made some flashcards for that, but I think I'm going to. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, back to back to back to my old school methods again. But um, yeah. at the same time, I mean like in that sense, like for Japanese, I mean, I have different goals for Japanese. It's like I'm not aiming for anything like really, really, really high. Um, but like I'm using an app actually to direct my learning for that language rather than a book, um, which is something a little bit new for me. Um, and which app's this? Uh, Lingodia. Oh, it is Lingodia. Yeah, oh, great. Yeah. yeah. You're loving that one, yeah, I Yeah, no, I am. But like I'm yeah. kind of using that as my my initial direction for just yep. where to where to begin. Um and yeah, I don't, I don't really have a kind of guiding text at all. Um, but I'm finding that's okay for this because in my head, I'm a bit like, I'm pretty clear on what my, my goal is, which is just some pretty basic knowledge. Um, so that's, that's okay. But at the same time, I have like other things that I can use. And, and that's, again, it's just about having a nice, I think, mixture of a nice mixture of tools or methods that you can use at any given time, depending on um, where you're where you're trying to get to, and making I sure that you're striking that balance between having language input, so like reading and, and listening, um, as well as language output. So making sure that you've also got some writing practice and some speaking practice too that makes you like interact. I think, um, yeah, that that point you just made about the the language input and language output is really important and it's probably something you do quite well just looking at you know <laughs> what you post on Instagram <laughs> and what you're what you're doing day to day um do you do you feel like you've got a balance with with reading and listening and, and writing and speaking as much as as much as anyone can have a balance yeah, I guess, to, to be honest like not always I mean I think that like in the back of my mind 
as I'm learning, I try to make, I try to think every now and then has what, have what, has what I've been doing, like, sorry, have, is what I've been doing lately, has it been balanced in the kind of four areas? Because um, sometimes it's definitely like noticeable when, like if you've just been, I don't know, really focused on use TV again, but like watching a TV show that you're just really motivated by and like, you know, you want to go back and keep watching it and that is helping you have interaction, well, not just interaction, but like um, input from the language that you're learning. That's really good. Um, but it does mean that you're not, you're not speaking back to it. Like you can listen plenty and be understanding lots, but if you're not being able to, if you're not able to when someone asks you a question, if you can't answer, then yeah. you've got kind of a... Um, you let yourself down. Well, yeah, yeah like there's just a, a deficiency, I guess, there. And so, like, that's kind of, like, so, it's just something I try to think about regularly. Um, and if, I mean, there are some um, there are some great tools out there, like resources for kind of organising your language learning and planning it out. I know that um, both, so Kirsten Cable from um, Fluent Language has a great toolkit that helps you to organize your it's called the um, language habit toolkit Mm -hmm. and it helps you to organize your and plan out your learning so firstly starting with kind of your goals and stuff but then also just on a regular basis making sure that you are doing things that are touching all of the four different um, areas yep yep Um, and I know that Lindsay from Lindsay Does Languages has something similar um, yes, she does. And the name of her toolkit has escaped me right this moment, and I actually have it. It is. Um, <laughs> it's not sitting right in front of me time. at the moment. No, it's called the um, Solo the Solo Language Learner um, yes, toolkit. That's is right. That we'll, right? Pop, we'll pop the, we'll pop, um, we'll pop the links in for you. Because, exactly. um, yeah, Lindsay does spend some time in that toolkit talking about input and output, I know. And, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's it's something. It's, it's good to revisit, though, isn't it, to think, oh, I'm really, you know, doing a lot of listening, but not much talking. Yeah, exactly. And I think also because sometimes the, like, input is quite easy <laughs> to incorporate mm-hmm. into your life. Well, it's more passive, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. 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 It's like, um, it's, yeah, it is more more passive. And you can, you know, they're the good things to be able to do on a commute, for example. Like, you can listen to a podcast or you can use an app and, and do a little bit of reading or a few exercises or something. But that's not... Um, yeah, it's it's making sure that you're not just doing spending all of your time doing reading and listening. Yep. You've got to, you know, kind of get out of your comfort zone a little bit actually with some output. And whether that means like for me, I try to <laughs> I try to like regularly put in catch ups with people who I know who um are willing to do language exchanges with me because then I know yeah, once I've great. committed to yeah. it and put it in the diary, then I'm like, that is gonna be my speaking practice that week or, you know, um yep yeah yeah for sure and and your little videos as well (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah actually I think doing like having a language diary yeah on well I mean I do mine on Instagram but um it's yeah a nice way to kind of try to motivate yourself to regularly um write something but also sometimes to do some speaking practice because videos are such a good way to you know it can be a bit nerve-wracking to to record yourself and then put it on the internet but it is a really great way to practice your speaking because I mean once you have been able to 
record yourself and say it to a video, it does it, somehow, it's like it gets easier then to do the same thing in front of people <laughs> in real yeah, life. Yeah, that's um, a really nice point. And yeah. I mean, you don't have to post it. No, on no, exactly. It could be something you could just keep keep for yourself. Yeah, um, yeah. Or if you're working with a, with a tutor, it might be something that you share with them. Or, yep. um, I know that when I was studying for my HSK exam last year, uh, in Chinese, I did do a lot of impromptu kind of recordings because, in you know, in some ways, it's it's much more practical than writing out heaps and heaps of sentences, yeah. and it's quicker. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's just it's just a, another way to get that kind of practice speaking. Um, but yeah, I love I do love seeing you post on Instagram in your different languages oh, and I think thanks Patty yeah. <laughs> yeah but yeah there are lots of people lots of people doing it I think that's really nice because it's also a great way to get some feedback um there are a surprisingly wonderfully large amount of people on um social media who are willing to very happily give you uh constructive um feedback on yep. your language use um not you know not people telling you oh you're saying it wrong or like this is how you do it in a really mean way no like they're all very like you did a great job but (laughs) actually this is what we would say and and that's I think really a really nice way to outside of maybe a a private tutor or um or a class or having other people who help you out it's a really nice way to get um to get people to give you quick corrections on um on just a little short snippet in your language very lucky with the Instagram particularly language learning community I think yeah yeah no I agree the Instagram language learning community is amazing yeah um so I mean in some ways we have we have similar learning styles in terms of you know oft you know needing to write things down when we hear them um and I guess you know sometimes the tools we use are different because we're learning different languages or we're just finding different tools work work better for us. Um, but yeah, it is really interesting to to have a think about what what works, and then go, oh, that's why I like to write yeah. it down because because you know it's the visual side of learning that that helps me remember that word, and then actually the feel of the character. I yeah. think there's something in that as well when you when you do. If you are writing in different in different scripts, the how it feels exactly. <laughs> when you use the pen or the pencil to to write it. Yeah, but I, I think which is why I think something like calligraphy yeah. could be quite a good um, learning tool, a topic for another podcast. Okay, yes, but. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think it's definitely like about experimenting and just trying out different things. Like you said, just trial and error, different methods and different tools, because probably what you know a lot of us have, I think, in our heads this kind of conditioned <laughs> preconceived idea of what learning even is and part of that is is from school and and you know what you the way that you study when you are younger um but you know as an adult learning you have so much freedom in the things that you can try and the things that you can do to learn um so really you've just got to try them out and not be concerned at all about whether or not they fit the idea of what you think learning is because sometimes yeah doing Mm. something very something that's totally relaxing like watching tv or like writing a diary if you're somebody who likes to to write about your day or you know and what you've been doing that can also be a a language learning experience for you too 
Yep, mm. completely. 100% agree. Oh. Well, we'd love to hear all about your sweet spots yeah. <laughs> and what that looks like for you. Um, thank you again for joining us on another episode of Language Chats. Um, Language Chats is part of a larger project which we started called Language Lovers AU, um, where we're building a community of people who are interested in languages in Australia. If you haven't already, please check out our website and subscribe to our mailing list at languagelovers.com.au. You can also find us on Instagram and on Facebook at languagelovers.au. And please do leave us a review if you've enjoyed this podcast um, because it does help other people who are interested in languages find us. Thank you and see you next time.